Thank you, Rick. Yeah, so the point is, again, you know, I, I think we all know each other pretty well. So um, don't, don't, we're going to, we're going to kind of fly through these slides this morning. I have a lot to say in a short period of time. So we need to make an agreement here. Okay. I need you to listen carefully and I will try not to relabor points and, and I'm going to say things and move on, but I need you to track with me. Okay. We got that? Yep. Agreement? Okay. Good. Um, the point of those pieces of paper, as you said, is if there is a question or a comment or concern <coughs> that you have uh, for this church, for the direction of where we're going, that type of thing, or you're concerned after I present what we're going to show you this morning, and you say, hey, you know, I, I really, this is a sensitive question, maybe I don't, I, I'll comment. So write that down. We won't necessarily address that today. You know, if you have, and you don't feel embarrassed about sharing it, do it. Okay. But if you don't want to, you want to just write it down and we'll, we'll try to address it at some time in the future. Okay. Um, so that's the point. Let's have a quick word of prayer again as we, as we start. <clears throat> Father, this is uh, a time, serious time for our church. And it's, uh, maybe we came in here this morning with, I don't know where we came from this morning. Um, Spiritually speaking, our minds are probably all over the place, but I pray that you'll help us to not be distracted this morning uh, because this is a serious step forward. We're not going to solve this problem today. I understand that, but we, but this is the one time a year on our calendar when we uh, constitutionally um, take time to reflect on where we've been and where we believe you're taking us. And, uh, and so probably more so now than at any time that I can remember, um, we're at a crossroads about where uh, you would have us go next. And so I pray that you would take this time, uh, help us to be willing to change, to be willing to reflect, and most importantly, to be willing to repent and to listen carefully to the voice of the shepherd as you would have us. Have us go. This is your church, not ours. It's not our agenda. It doesn't really matter what our traditions are in the past. I mean, those are nice things, but. We recognize, as we saw from Ephesians, that it's you building up your church uh, to be like you. And uh, one day, Blue Ridge will, will come to an end. Um, as you, whether it's the rapture, the second coming, or something, all these, all just like all other local assemblies in different places, one day we will be united together in your presence, and, and our little churches here will, will be done. And so we recognize that this is nothing more than a means to an end. Church here is not an end in itself. It's a means to an end. So help us to always keep that in mind, to keep our first love in the first place. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Quick introduction. Uh, this is unlike any other big picture. We've been doing this for a long time, right? And, uh, and so I just I wanted to throw this up here because I keep saying it, but I actually went back into our Constitution and... Uh, in Article 6, Section 1, we, we have this little statement. We actually call it big picture in there. I haven't quoted the whole thing, but there's a part of it that says that regular annual, at such regular annual meeting, leadership shall consider reports of the affairs of the corporation. Okay, in other words, of the church. So we have put ourselves under an obligation to do this once a year. Um, this morning, thank you, David. This morning, we're seeking the Lord's direction for our future. That's that's a title I've struggled with, and and uh, but I just ended up on that one. 
and us in your, your bulletin as well. After we're done here with what I'm going to lead us in, then there's some corporate questions and comments, and I'm going to ask the other leaders to come and join me up here, and we will have some dialogue. Okay, so there's questions, ideas that you have, you know, something to concern, like, hey, I've never vocalized this in the church. I've been here for years, but, you know, okay? Let's be honest, okay? So it's a good time to be honest, and, you know, good or bad. And this evening, we're looking at operational accomplishments. Uh, Dave and Rick are leading us in that. Operational accomplishments of this past year, Dave's going to be leading that. And then, as Rick said, too, uh, he's going to be looking forward to what we're seeing on our calendar operationally, you know, for the next next year or so. Okay. Um, one other thing I want to say about, about this in, in terms of setting the stage here is... The reason that 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 I'm taking a different stand or, or doing doing a different stance this morning um, than what we've normally done. You may remember in the past we've had um, Dad or was it Warner or Larry would come up and they would reflect on where we've been of a ministry the last year or so and then where we're going. Uh, the reason we're doing it different this year is that um, I think all of us recognize that. Um, Several several different things we can talk about here in a second is uh, the congregation is getting smaller, pastors getting older, uh, things are changing not only here at the church but they've changed significantly in our culture, and and so we're just big picture Sunday is the perfect time for us to step back and, and really look at this. So what I asked the men is and they they agreed is is to let me present to you effectively what I showed them or presented to them in this past leadership meeting. So we had the first Sunday of this month, we had our most recent leadership meeting, and I made a presentation to them about some areas that I think the Lord might be moving us in. So there's some doors in front of us that we are knocking on, and we want to see where the Lord takes that, okay? But before I do that, um, I need to um, I need to uh, set the stage, and I did this with the men. So that's my purpose this morning is just to present to you what I presented to them. And then we can talk about it all as a congregation. Okay. First point on there. Anybody know Latin? Ecclesia Reformata Semper Reformata. Reformata. Okay. How's that? <laughs> you wouldn't know anyway. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Yeah. What does that mean? So if you if you study any reform uh, circles, they have a lot of um, Latin phrases they use. For example, uh, Deo gloria. What does that mean? To God alone be the glory. Okay. We even sing in the a Christmas carol, Gloria in excelsis Deo, right? Glory to God in the highest. Okay. So this is another one of the Latin, they like those Latin phrases. It simply means um, the church reformed and always reforming is what it means. Um, so you, you, you know about the Reformation, the breaking away uh, of the hold that, that the Roman Catholic Church had for about um, was it 1,100 years or so, 1,500 years on Europe, right, in the, what we call the Dark Ages, the Middle Ages. And the, the Reformation happened where the gospel was rediscovered. Uh, not that it was lost, but it was sort of rediscovered on a larger scale, and the Lord used that and used Luther and Calvin, a bunch of other men and women to, to bring the gospel back into the lives of at least in Europe. 
Well, this is one of their doctrines that I thought was very interesting and applies to us. And that is that the church, it, it, the Reformation isn't something that happened 500 years ago and we're done. It's not a checkbox. <clears throat> it's something that we should always be doing. Okay. In other words, Calvin said it this way, I have to preach the gospel to myself every day. So not only corporately as a church, but also individually, you and I have to be in this state of reformation. That we're always in this place where we're sensitive to leading, should be sensitive, leading our shepherd and, and listening to him and humbly seeking to follow him. Get this now, even if it makes you uncomfortable to do so. And that's a good question. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't speak through our comfort. He speaks through the Word of God, right? And he also is the sovereign Lord of circumstances. So like it or not, if there's things in this, in, you know, uh, we don't like the girls in the van not being here. But God is sovereign in that, right? He has led us to this place. And so that was a, a reformation. Uh, Doctrine that they, they push, I really like that. That the church is always reforming. Uh, Christ's words for his church in Revelation. Um, just a quick reminder there. We've been going through the churches, letters to the churches, right? Five of the seven, whatever, whatever Christ says, I have something against you, and he lays this out, right? And it's different for different churches. What's the one cure? Okay. All cases. Now, I'm not saying, we've, we've wondered, that that is wondered aloud, and I'm sure you have too, and Lori and I have talked about it. Um, what would Christ say if you were to walk in here, and I would, of course, yield the pulpit to him. But yeah. what, what, what would he say to us? It may not be what you think. Are you okay with that? Because this is his church, right? Now, it may be great words of encouragement, and when you read those letters, some of them are very sober. You read them, man, man, that is a great church. I'd like to. And then he says, but I have this against you. And it's like, oh, right? Okay. So whatever, whatever, whatever he is telling us, the cure is the same, right? If there are problems it, it, corporately, then we need to repent, right? Corporately and individually. Repentance, Bruce used to say repentance is the maintenance of the Christian life. He's, he's absolutely right. We need to constantly be. In a place where, again, reforming, repenting, looking to, to see where the Lord is leading us now. Past past um, successes, you might say, in ministry doesn't mean necessarily that we're okay today, right? Comfort can be a very dangerous place to be in. Okay. So, last point on that one is, in all cases, Jesus admonishes all seven of those churches to be faithful and resist compromise in order to overcome. In every single case, he says, the one who does this will overcome, right? Stay with me, abide with me, right? Be faithful to me, remain obedient, no matter what the pressure looks like in the church or in the world, right? Or both. Stay there, be faithful, you will overcome. I love that, okay? It's important because sometimes, you know, if, if we're being confronted or, you know, maybe there's there's areas of discomfort that we, things that are coming up that, that may be different and may change, um, we don't give up the core of our relationship with him, right? That's always there. And we always hold on to that. And in the end, 
you stay there in that place where Christ is leading you, you stay in a place of obedience, you will be an overcomer. That's good. All right. Growth God's way. This was interesting. In Acts 2, a lot of times um, when we're talking about the church and, and what, you know, numbers or that type of thing, I thought this was interesting because there's a number of places. I did some, I did some research on this. Um, and you can do it on your own time. Of where it says that there's a lot of places in Acts actually where it says that God was adding to their numbers. God was adding their numbers. He was growing His church. But what I wanted to want you to see here is in in Acts chapter two, uh, verses 42 and 45 up there, uh, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayers. And and there's some other verses in there what they were doing this and they were just full of awe and everybody had all things in common. They're sharing with one another. And then it says, and they were selling their possessions and belongings, distributing the proceeds to all as had need. Okay, so they were devoting themselves, first of all, to doctrine and fellowship together, right? And, and, and growing in the word of God, breaking the bread, that's this fellowship and prayers, don't miss that. That's the spiritual side of ministry, but they had a physical side as well, right? There was money being transacted, collected, and, and, and appropriated, and then distributed back out as the needs were. So they weren't just meeting spiritual needs. It wasn't that James kind of thing, well, I see you have a need, you know, God bless you, I'm praying, right? But they took action to, to meet needs, physical needs in the <clears> church, <throat> things like that. And we've done that before. We need to continue that. But I thought that was interesting. But notice the pronouns that are in yellow. Who's doing that? They. Then look at the next verse. Or, or just about right at the very end of that chapter. And the who? Lord. Lord. Added to their number. <clears throat> day by day, those who are being saved. That's his job. It's not that we don't invite people. You know, I'm not saying, you know, stop giving the cards out, okay, to Bible study. No, we need to do that. But we understand that 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 when we're doing our part, the Lord is faithful to do his. What if you run the clock backwards and say, well, if if the if the church is losing numbers and the, the Lord is not adding, then why might that be? Maybe there's some things we need to be doing that would then content to do that. I don't know. This was to make me think well. All right. So our past, uh, founded about 35 years ago, I was trying to do some math. I don't know if we have a hard date anywhere. Um, if you want to know how I arrived at the date, you can talk to me later. But it's been, it's not been quite 40 years, but it's about 35 years. Pushing 40, maybe 36, depending on, on how you want to look at it. And it was a different community, a different culture at the time. Even our local community, Fletcher was you know, you didn't hardly ever have to stop down here to you know, coming off of Jackson Road from our, we come down Jackson Road all the time to Howard Gap. And hardly didn't have to stop. You just stop because there's stop time. Now you really have to stop. Or you're, you know, I mean, there's cars all the time. And, uh, but it's a different world, right? It's a very different culture that we live in. Um, we can't stick our head in the sand, pretend that well, people aren't confused about gender. We can't, can't pretend that, that you're confused about marriage or that or that we don't know what church means anymore in the culture. We've lost sight of a lot of things that we used to take for granted. Um, so our emphasis has been and continues to be expositional Bible teaching. This is, uh, I don't know if you know this, but you, you probably noticed you've been to other churches. Um, some of them use what they call a devotional uh, approach. You know, maybe there's a, a pastor might read a verse 
and then a verse or two, and then launch off into the rest of it is sort of just maybe kind of loosely tangentially tied to the text, you know, and, and goes off and, and is sort of a, I don't mean to be rude, but just to, to get to the point, it's sort of a pep talk. It makes you feel good coming out of there, but it doesn't really help you through the week and growing. Sometimes, sometimes they can be convictional. Sometimes they can really put your finger on something. Um, but generally, they're, they're sort of loosely tied to the text of Scripture. Expositional is, is different, where, where you, you move verse, you know, phrase by phrase, line by line, word by word, to the text of Scripture, and you try to bring out of this what it means to, to expose what's in Scripture and to bring it out. Okay? That's why we take time to go verse by verse through books. Uh, sometimes we'll do topical, like today's topical. Okay? But generally speaking, um, that's, that's what we've done. We've done sort of the centerpiece of, of, our, of our teaching here. Uh, worldwide mission awareness. We used to have a big map up here. Um, I do think it looks better cleaned up. But uh, <laughs> we used to have, you know, our missionaries. And we do have our still missionary ministry partners back there, our board back there. That's, that's good. That's good. That's a good thing. And we've had a long-term commitment to that and, and not just, you know, put money where your mouth is, right? So we do give missions as well uh, and support. Strive for love and unity. Uh, that text that was up there on the screen earlier that Rick read has this says this in there as uh, verse 3, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Okay. Um, <clears throat> we have really tried to do that. Uh, by the way, and I want to say this, Let's not confuse conformity with unity. Not the same thing. One of the things that used to bother me as a kid growing up in church is it seemed like all the Christians were sort of you know, clones of each other in some cases. You've been in church line, everybody looks the same, same. If you have a contrary opinion, just keep it to yourself. We don't want to be like that, right? We're conforming to Christ, but not one another, right? And, and the Lord has given gifts to people at different perspectives for a reason. So if you have a contrary opinion, speak it up. Just get it out there. I mean, don't be mean about it, right? Let's attack problems, not people. But, but if we have a problem, say so. Well, we can't read minds. Don't get feelings hurt. Well, okay, speak it, right? Say it. Don't just harbor it and keep it in and have everything else. So, so unity, strive together, uh, eager to maintain the unity, the bond of peace. If you see us going astray in a certain area, you have a real concern, speak it. Just let it ride. Well, you know, not my problem or whatever, right? It is. I mean, or may have given you some insight to contribute to the well-being of the church. So speak up. Local community outreach, uh, especially children's ministry. You guys know that. It's been a big part of our past. Our present, uh, some of our strengths. Uh, we have a core of, of solid, worshiping, loving, serving believers. Uh, God has entrusted us with a great location. Fast-growing community. This is a great location for a church, right here. And we own this land. That's right. Thank the Lord, because we've been off this land a long time ago. Yeah. And, um, which I'm going to talk about. You can see that last bullet there. Financially, we, we would not be able to afford a mortgage in this place. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that for sure. Brian knows, too. Um so we, we're in a great location, a fast-growing community. Uh, our greatest strength, we looked at, we're in John 10, right, Sunday school. I love how this ties into John 10, right? Not an accident. Um, and I've, I've said to, in pointing out, you know, sheep have no natural defenses, right? They don't have big, strong teeth. 
have big strong claws, they don't have natural camouflage, they can't climb trees or fly away from danger, um, they, they don't have a big loud roar necessarily to scare something off. Um, what's the one advantage that sheep have? The shepherd. The shepherd, or the shepherd is the one advantage that sheep know that sheep, a smart sheep, will stay with the shepherd, right? And so that's our biggest strength, is our shepherd. He is with us. He hasn't forgotten us. There may be a lot of people, and I've seen people say, well, your church is so small. You know, you know, I can tell you stories, but but uh, why is the Lord blessing? Why aren't you a big megachurch? Because obviously the Lord blesses the megachurches, right? They're all, all right. Joel Osteen, right? the biggest yeah. church in America, the false prophet. So numbers don't necessarily, necessarily indicate success, but, but you should also be growing too, right? In size. Um, the Lord will add to the numbers. And I believe that. And he's our shepherd. He's our biggest strength. Don't forget that. Some of our weaknesses. What's top of that list? That was an easy one. <laughs> That's not the sin of your brother or your sister over on the other side of the room. That's personal. Um, Lori and I were talking about this the other day. I just want to mention this in passing. Um, and we'll move fast here. Um, Sundays in our household are some of the hardest Sunday mornings, some of the hardest mornings. You ever notice that? Where it's like the tension is high, and I'm in a bad mood, or she's in a bad mood, or I got in a good mood, but she put me in a bad mood, you know? Or, or, or I'm dragging the kids out of bed, and everybody's fighting, and we're screeching in the parking lot, and arguing in the car on the way into church, you know? Oh, hi, how are you? Why do you think that might be? Every other day of the week is not quite like that. Well, sometimes it is, but consistently, you think the devil might have a role in that? So, getting ready to take your family to church, be ready for some opposition. But be ready for some pride, some sin, some selfishness that just doesn't want to, doesn't want to come in there. Where are you at? Wednesday nights. Oh my goodness, when you come home from work on Wednesday nights, you like to eat something, you're very tired. All of a sudden, you're like super tired on Wednesday night, you get Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Wednesday night is tough for me. Sunday morning is not too tough, but boy, Wednesday nights, like, you know, and then you get home. But then we visit afterwards, you get home about 8 34 or 9, but, you know, but it's a blessing Flesh. to come, but boy, Wednesday nights is tough to me. That's right. Yeah. Well, our, our sin, our sin is, um, Luther had a great saying that I fear my myself more than all the cardinals of Rome, right? And he was right about that because there's nothing that gets in your relationship, in the way of your relationship to God and then by extension to the church than your own personal sin. Again, it comes back to repentance, right? Let's get, get that right. So I just put in parentheses, what are some of the things, pitfalls, we have, I have a slide on pitfalls, nobody knows. Pride and fear, self-reliance is a big one. I struggle with that. I got this, God. Really? I might just let you see how that works. <laughs> Self-centeredness, right? Another one of our weaknesses, ranking numbers. I like to say we're not a small church, we're a tiny church. Right? We have a big God. You haven't forgotten us. Aging pastor. Well, Oops. What's the rest of the <laughs> I forgot to delete that. No, I, I almost underlined that. Put it in caps. And congregation. Some of you in the room accepted. Some of you are still pretty young, so that's good. But, um, you know, I mean, it's just the realities of it, right? Because VBS is harder to do every year you know, because you're just tired, you know, get the end of 
Yeah, especially the other week, man. We were like, oh, Friday. After full day's work, and as you're getting into your 40s and 50s and higher. Uh, okay, so I mean that's it's just a fact. It's just a fact, okay? And then financially, we we don't we're not sitting here with you know big, big numbers in the bank. We're making our bills, we're paying the missionaries, but it's we don't have a big fund. We can't put a big sanctuary or even a nice couple of decent size sanctuary out here. We can't pay another pastor to come in even bivocationally. I like to say that we don't pay him a salary, we pay him a stipend. It's not worth, it's not worthy of even a part-time salary. Okay, it's not. Um, he hasn't had a, a cost of living adjustment in years, years. How would you like to work that way? Okay. Well, I know, but you keep saying that. But if we're looking at what a, another pastor might cost, that's that's humanly speaking. Even bivocationally, even him working somewhere else to supplement his income, that's a concern. More likely we have a family. A family, right, right. A, a younger man would have a younger kids. So, all right. So, the way I see it is, our presently we're in a season of not me, but I think all of us recognize that that we're in a season of, re, of repentance, reflection, and seeking our shepherds. That's that's where we are. All right. So the future. Uh, there's four. Actually, I guess there's the last bullet. It's not really a door, but it's a continuing humbling prayer. There's four doors that are in front of us that we are looking at currently. <clears throat> Something isn't up there that <clears throat> I mentioned in passing is um, this has been our recognition of our aging pastor. Uh, has been on our radar for several years. And he has been trying to, to get in touch with, a, with an organization as part of Grace Community Church where John MacArthur is pastor called Grace Advance. Grace Advance is um, not, I mean, our case is a little unique out there with churches. Uh, Grace Advance is there for two things mainly. They're there, number one, they, they, they offer, uh, so Grace Church, Grace Church is huge, okay, by comparison to us, especially, right? Very big. And they don't have, John is the most visible pastor, but they have a whole staff. They have, I don't know, 50, 70 pastors on their staff, right? So they have a whole, it's a large pastoral staff, and, and they have elders that are very solid men of God. And so what they do is they offer through Grace Advance is the ability, if your church is splitting, if you have some real strife in the congregation, and you need an outsider, as it were, to come in and to provide some, some um, maybe negotiation, right, and, and biblical counseling for the church as a whole to help heal a church back. That's one of the things they offer. <coughs> the other thing they offer is uh, a church plan. So we'll hear this a lot. This is the same with G3, um, where if, hey, if there's an area, people are hungry for the word of God in that area. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of churches, but maybe most of them are not really Maybe meeting the need, so they may there may be some people there in the area that say, "Hey, let's we'd like to start a church. We just don't have funds, right?" So Grace Advance is there to help you do that and help start a church. Ours, our case didn't quite fit that real well. They also require about five thousand dollars outlay to cover the pastoral staff that would fly out and be here and help with that. <clears throat> Biggest thing is. We knocked that door a long time. Dad did. 
and we didn't get anywhere with it, right? So the door remained shut. In the meantime, uh, you've heard us talk about G3 Ministries, and uh, G3 started about 10, 11 years ago now, uh, right in our backyard in Atlanta. There's a church down there called Praise Mill Baptist Church that that has um, that's, that started a conference ministry. So they were just interested in, in helping just Christians, not just pastors, but anybody you know in local churches uh, grow, right? And so they would have these conferences, and they bring in some really super great you know teaching, and and then Christians like you and me, just plain ordinary people, who just take time, take a little vacation time, and you go for a couple of days, and you just get fed, you know, and you're, and you're encouraged, and you meet with other believers of like, well, I'm not really that crazy anymore. <laughs> and there's some other people out there that feel the same way I do, or think the same way. And so it was focused on help for the local church, and it still is. But right now, in <clears throat> um, this last conference that Dory and I went to in February with them, it's a regional conference at the church itself. Um, they are shifting to, uh, and that's the second bullet, they're focused just on conferences. They're now shifting and they're growing to a content ministry. So not just conferences, conferences are part of that, but content, meaning that they have their own publishing arm they're just starting to spin up they are also um they have a church network which is particularly of interest to us that they're that they just launched in the fall we were there that dad was with us uh myself and dad went to the fall conference the big one um in atlanta and they just launched the church network which we'll talk about in a minute um so the point is that they are here to help churches grow all right so that brings me to that third point, and, and that is a link, Dave. I don't know if you want to click on that uh, link, their church network, and let's go for a second. If you go to their website, um, scroll down a minute there. So it just says an overview. We don't need to read all that, but there's a map in here. Um, let's see, not working. So you can see there's a bunch of networking. Uh, there's a there's a list in there too of, of, of um, scroll back up a second. You can see about 14 different reasons why things that that they provide in joining their church network. <clears throat> the bar is pretty low here. It's $500 a year for a church to join. Uh, financially, that's a low bar. Doctrinally, it's a pretty high bar. They they have a a confession of faith that they. Because you don't just throw the doors open. Hey, anybody, you know, hey, the Buddhist temple can join, whatever, you know, um, Jehovah's Witnesses. They do have a doctrinal statement out there, a confession of faith that we are reading uh, as elders. Uh, and and you, you are, if you agree to that, or if there are parts of it that maybe, you know, you have an issue with, you can write them. But basically, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a, um, a way of, of saying, okay, churches that are of like mind. Thank you, sir. Uh, churches that are of like mind uh, joining together to help each other, right? This is not a denomination. It's not exclusive. In other words, you have to leave the Southern Baptists in order to join this or Presbyterian. It doesn't mean that. It just means that it's an affiliation of like-minded churches who are, who are ready and willing to work together to help each other in our goal of advancing the gospel and growing in Christ, right? Does that make sense? So it really seemed when I was very super excited. I 
we don't have time for the whole long story, but of how the Lord, um, this is a huge one. Um, it's okay. You can just, just, just bring it back this long. It's okay. There's a, there's a, there's a map on here and you can, if you want, you can, you can go to look up G3 ministries and you can see that yourself. Okay. Just, just go back to the slides. Again, please. So the point is, um, the point is that they are very willing and eager to work with churches who are doctrinally sound, but who have struggles in whatever areas, right? And uh, so I, uh, when Dory and I were there this last time in February, the Lord just opened some amazing doors. I mean, I, it's just amazing. I wish I had more time to tell you. Uh, where I got put in front of the head of these, of these ministries, right? These, these top guys and had chances in one case to go out and launch one-on-one with, with, with two of them. On board, and I, um, he's now the director. He's just the brand. He just stepped, stepped in as the new director uh, for G3, taking over from Josh Boyce, who was the head pastor of the church down there. Um, so I have personal contacts with these guys, explained our situation. They have some ideas. And they're, they're, you know, like, for example, one of the guys I was talking to about it said, uh, I said, well, we're not really a church plant, you know, but we're not really struggling. You know, like I said, with Grace Advance, and I'm one of few things. It's a little different. And so he's like, well, you know, if you join the church network, we'll put that need out, your need out, to all the other churches and, and pray about it and see what churches may come and may be willing to contribute some money. He said, we also, G3, also has a number of good, solid men who are looking for churches that contact them and say, you know, so that might be the means by which we can be put in touch with a, a good pastor or pastoral candidate, as well as have some money from these other churches to help pay for that uh, transition while while the church is growing to become self-sustaining. Does that make sense? Again, I don't know, but that was one of the ideas that, that was put out there. Um, you don't know until you knock on the door, right? You don't know until you go and find out and ask. Um, another possibility here is, is the New Testament Reformation Fellowship. I kept running into that one at both conferences. <clears throat> in fact, uh, in one of them, I was walking by their booth, and I didn't even, I was trying to get to Grace to You booth, and, and this guy stepped out, and we started talking. <laughs> Almost grabbed my arm, but um, it's interesting. Very interesting um, organization, and they and they're they're they actually like smaller churches like ours, and, and they they believe this is more New Testament where where you can really get to know each other. And they they have told us the story. She's like, I gotta cook every Sunday. Uh, they have a meal every Sunday <laughs> at church, you know, and and, and 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 they have communion along with that, you know, and they're they're. Doing well. This is really interesting. I, I'm not as familiar with that as I am with G3. I've been looking more at G3, but but uh, something something else is on the radar that we want to continue taking a look at. And uh, <clears throat> similar to Plymouth Brethren, Brethren, if you know that uh, group, they have a, a body of teaching elders instead of just one main pastor um, type thing. Uh, anyway, there's it needs more research. 
another idea that I threw out to the men uh, is Adam Huntley. And, uh, you know, we all know Adam, right? We've been supporting him and his family for many years. Don't know if you know that, I think they're still in Texas at this point, right? Uh, however, uh, they are permanently now stateside. You know, they were back, in, they were in Africa for a while, but for various reasons, they're out of Africa now and, and back here in the States. And because of the internet, he is able to continue his translation work with his team there over the internet, right? So he's teleworking with them. And so he's able to do that and stay here stateside. Well, his dad has some land out, I think, in your direction, right? Out in the Fairview area. And so they would like to put a house up there and they would like to move back. And so I've been thinking, it's just as we're, again, we're just not saying this is what we want to, we're going to do this, it's just an idea, okay? Is we know Adam, we've heard his teaching, he's a sound guy. He's, I love his transparency too, you know, he's his own personal failures. He's a great teacher. Um, plus, they fill up all these empty seats over here. Um, yeah. He just sits down alone, <laughs> a little selfishly. Okay. Um, but if he's coming, if he's coming here anyway, why not approach him about considering a bivocational type thing? Continue doing what he's doing with Wycliffe, but also maybe um, come and, and, and teach here and be part of this church and help us with that. Just an idea. Last one is Bethany Bible Church, the same guy I was talking about, Scott Annual, who is who is high up in the in, in, in Praise Mill and part of the G3. Um, also knew about Hendersonville when we we're talking. He's like, where are you from? Henderson or Asheville? Oh yeah, Hendersonville. They used to go to this church down here. I hadn't even heard of, of Bethany Bible Church before. I didn't know they were here, but there's this church in Hendersonville and they're they're doing pretty well. I've gone online, listened to a couple of their messages. That's a good tell for a church. First of all, do they have messages online. Secondly, you know, what, is, what does the teaching from the front sound like? Uh, that's a good indicator. Uh, seems to be a good solid church. Uh, they're not part of G3. Uh, when I asked them, well, you know, are you going? No. But anyway, something to think about. Um, you know, maybe they might be willing to partner with us, uh, extension of satellite, maybe combined, who knows? You know, worth looking at. Again, knocking on the doors just to see where the Lord might lead. I can tell you this, Again, when first when we were there in the fall, we were, I was just like blown away. I think that was too, just the G3 conference that we went to in Atlanta. And then in, in, in the winter here, when we went to the regional conference, Lori and I, the doors that God opened were just amazing. Right? And I don't want to take my foot off the gas of that, right? You don't let the trail get cold. You need to you keep knocking on the door and keep pursuing that. Right. Quick pitfalls to avoid, right? Compromise with the world, confidence in the flesh, and I had to have another seed, comfort with the devil. <laughs> um, I know that's really small. I'm sorry for the eye chart there. So let me just read that um, for you. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone mm -hmm. loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world is passing away along with, along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. So some examples of this uh, might, might be uh, church growth focused solely on numbers, right? Uh, <clears throat> how is a church compromised in the world? There's a lot of that. Wow, big church equals success. Not necessarily. 
Not necessarily. Okay? Or it's opposite. Well, small church must be spiritual. And it, actually, I don't know if you know this or not, but mega churches have largely fallen on hard times now. There have been so, a lot of pastors that have fallen from grace. Um, there's a lot of videos out there if you pay attention. Okay? Uh, and, so, and so there's this whole home church movement that's a big deal right now. Small churches are where it's at, believe it or not. Okay? I don't think it's really necessarily either one. Okay? But it can be a compromise with the world if we if we let how the world measures success lead into this. Minimizing the scriptures or adding to the scriptures. The Bible's not enough. I need I need some super expert to come in here and take corporate growth uh, you know, principles and apply to the church. Now it's Christ's church. He said he would build it. We'll leave it at that. Confidence in the flesh. But we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. This one has really been sticking with me lately. Do you have confidence in your abilities? John 15, we're getting, we're getting there slowly, but we'll get there eventually, the word tarries, um, where he says, Abide in me. Just as a branch cannot bear fruit unless it abides in the vine, so apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Nothing. Wow. Is that clear or what? <laughs> right? So we don't want to um, put a confidence in the flesh. What are some examples? Fear of change. Fear of the unknown. We've never done it that way before. Fear of change is hard. Change is hard. But Rick can tell you, like it or not, you know, change comes, right? He's big time coming for his work. That's the way it is. Um, so don't don't be afraid of that. You know, we don't know the future, but we know who holds the future, right? We know who's God of the future. He 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 knows. So another pitfall is confidence in our own wisdom. That, that kind of gets back to the same thing. Last thing is the comfort with the devil. I didn't know what else to call it there, but. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whoever, seeking someone to devour. As we've been studying John 10, and just aware of the sheep, like I said, the, the advantage of the sheep, the sheep have is their shepherd. It's not in themselves. It's in him. And they trust him, and they look to him to help and protect and keep them and, and maintain them. Okay? But look at how the devil is operating, like a lion. Lions, any predator looks to isolate people from the group. Okay? You've ever studied, if you've ever seen a, a, a nat, National Geographic documentary on whatever, right? It doesn't have to be a lion. It could be something like a school of fish with a, a, uh, a, a, a seal going after it, right? And they'll swim all through there. What are they trying to do? Scatter them. Scatter them. Isolate them and find weak individuals to grab. Okay, so be be careful of the devil doing that, um, and we don't need to be isolated from one another. We need to be together, especially as we see the evil ways approaching. Okay? Uh, not being watchful, prayerlessness. Okay, prayerlessness will get you. Remember, my tail end of Ephesians six, part of the armor. Pray for one another. You're in a spiritual war. Pray, 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 okay. pray. No, seriously. Confident in anything other than the power of the Lord through his word. All right. Let's have the men come up. <clears throat> We've got 
a few minutes left. Um, and we'll take some questions or comments, some thoughts. Again, if you something you don't want to vocalize necessarily, just write it down, give it to, to Rick. I'll have Rick be the collection point. Any, any of you guys too? What's that for comments or questions? I've been writing notes too. Can I say That's something? Yeah. Let me just say, um, you're aware of, uh, that Pete uh, is teaching and that he's uh, taking leadership in the elders for some time. What is put in there, but this is not his agenda to try to take over the church. Nobody said anything to me, but it, it may seem like that. This is, I really believe it's God's moving in our midst. This is his church, we're his people, and all of us are servants to him. We, we seek to serve him, and we want Jesus Christ to be honored. And so, as we're thinking about these things, don't be thinking about hurting my feelings or anything like that. We're not. Doing that, we're wanting to please the Lord and serve Him. And God, you understand what I'm saying? And that's really that's that's where we are. That's that's really very important to do that. Out of the seven churches that received words of condemnation, if you remember, the first departure was love affair for the Savior. And uh, we, I want to love Him, and I know you do too. And He's the one who serves, so we want to be sensitive. Yes, yes. Pastor Peter, we do love I know you. that. I know. That's okay. I got you the bathroom. I, I think that you won't be our main. Oh, that's okay. Here, but but um, where's he at? Visit you in your nursing home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> what did you, you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Well, wheelchairs. No, I, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we love you very much. Yeah, we do understand that, um, you know, we have to follow the Lord's leading. That's He's right. Been very exactly right. It's his church. Faithful friend for many years. Yeah. yeah we and so, and we're not following you. No. We're following the Lord. Right. We're leading us to yeah. follow the Lord. And same with Pete. I mean, he does a really awesome job in Sunday school. And, and with taking the leadership in that, and and um, God's gifted very knowledgeable. Really yes, and we appreciate that too. That I don't think in one minute that he's trying to take over. No, no. you know, because I mean, we're kind of a church pattern. We don't follow it. We're still following. I just want to say that because it, it yeah. could look that way because you know that I'm designated the pastor. Mm -hmm. It's God's work, God's church. He does never makes mistakes. We want Him to lead, and we want to follow and obedience. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, I just wrote a couple notes to Larry during the thing, and ask the elders I don't want to hear them because they don't personally. Would we, as a church, be able to afford to support Adam Huntley and his family? I know he's got a lot of kids. Um, we would have to get him. We would definitely have to pay more than we're paying Pastor Peter, because he's got all these little kids, right? He's probably not little anymore. Um, what about like insurance, family insurance, and things like that? I mean. Will we be able to turn? so so don't read those four options as this or that or this or that at the exclusion of any others. There's nothing that says that we can't can't go to G3, join them, start putting the word out there, and then also talk to Adam. Because it could be through G3 that the money comes to help support 
Adam at least part time. That's why I use the term bivocational, meaning simply that he is right now asking for more support so that they can come out here. Well, this could be the answer to that. They have a need and we have a need, and that could be the answer to it. Um, I mean, there's also, I don't want to dominate this, but, you know, as a church, maybe we just need to step up in our giving. You know, I mean, we can do more. it's the Lord's money. You're only here a short time, man. You know, and what are you spending yeah. your money on? Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I can turn off the streaming service and put that towards it. Well, think about this also. We talk about my salary. Who's in charge of it? The Lord is. If he wanted me to have more money, he would do it. It's, it's in his hands. I mean, I'm not trying to be uh, negate our responsibility, but he is the one who's in charge of it. Okay, and this might kind of be off, but um, I don't know if you bring it up. I was talking to 